Welcome to the Brownstoner Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Corcoran, editor of Brownstoner. My guest today is Barbara Ann Rogers. Barbara Ann is passionate about Brooklyn's history, architecture, and neighborhoods. She's lived in Brooklyn for 30 years and has an encyclopedic knowledge of the borough and its history. A real estate agent for 15 years, Barbara has been a tenant, a landlord, a buyer, and a seller, so she understands all aspects of real estate in Brooklyn. Barbara Ann, in the 1980s, you and your friends made a vow to ride every subway line to its end. Did you actually ride every line? What did you learn in the process? Well, actually, I didn't quite take every one of those field trips, but my friends, who were urban studies majors at NYU and organized this project, actually did. They rode every single subway line to the end, including the Staten Island Railway down to Tottenville. Um, yeah, I had to miss some things for other commitments, etc. but yeah, but I did a lot of it. And what I learned is that the people all over New York were just always so wonderful and welcoming and diverse. And everywhere we went, yeah, we got some strange looks, obviously. Who are these kids wandering around, you know, in the wilds then of Williamsburg? But everybody was really nice to us and helpful. And yeah, one trip that I did miss out on was when they made a pilgrimage to the former site of Ebbets Field, which is now the Ebbets Field Apartments. And at the time was a very nice Mitchell Lama complex. They went there, the residents invited them up to the roof to look at the views. And when they got back to NYU, everybody was like, oh my God, you went to Brooklyn and you went up on the roof with people? Are you insane? But again, everyone was very nice and wonderful. And I think that's the basic underlying character of everybody in New York, really. You lived in Paris for eight years, you worked for a French bank, and you're fluent in French. How did you wind up in Brooklyn, and what keeps you here? Okay, well, actually, I moved to Brooklyn Heights when I got out of college, so before I worked for the French bank. Um, I actually was working for that bank here in New York, and they expatriated me to Paris in 1995. Um, and I was there for yeah, nine years. Then I left banking, came back to New York, lived actually on the Lower East Side for a year, but started working in real estate. And I was working for City Habitats in Manhattan. We'd have all these people who wanted to look at stuff in Brooklyn, and nobody knew anything about Brooklyn, so they all came to me. And every time I got off the train in Brooklyn from Manhattan, I'd be like, oh my God, I can breathe. So I knew I had to get back to Brooklyn. So a little over a year later, I moved back to the neighborhood I live in now, which is Prospect Lefferts Gardens. And what keeps me here in Brooklyn is it's a wonderful place. The space is great. The people are fabulous. Everything. <laughs> so Brooklyn has become one of the most expensive areas to live in the country. And you probably meet people all the time who rent in Brooklyn and would like to buy an apartment or house here, but fear they will never be able to. What would be your best advice to someone just starting out who wants to buy a home in Brooklyn? Okay, well, the first piece of advice I'd give to anybody is buy something. If you never start, it's never going to happen, and I know this from personal experience, and buy something even if it's not quite what you want as your dream home. Maybe it's a little smaller than you want, a little farther out than you want, etc. Just get a start. Once you do that, you'll be able to eventually move on to larger places, etc. And again, the big thing that stops a lot of people, of course, in buying is that down payment because most co-ops require 20%, some do 10, but not many. Condos are 10 usually, et cetera. Um, a lot of the first-time buyers I work with do get gifts from family members to help them accumulate those funds. 
Another solution to that would be an FHA mortgage. FHA mortgages, which are issued by Fannie Mae, you know, the government agency, have down payments as low as 3.5%. The problems there are, of course, there are limits in size, although the size limits in New York City are pretty good. It's up to like a million four for a four-story townhouse, which is good. And the other problem with them traditionally has been they don't do co-ops. Very few people outside of New York even know what a co-op is, so the FHA doesn't get that. They do do condos, but in the past, they've only done condo buildings that they specifically approved first. As I understand it from my friends in the mortgage industry, that is changing probably around October, and they'll do just about any condo for 3.5% down, which is going to be really helpful to a lot of buyers. That sounds like a potential game changer. Yeah, I think so. It'll be great. One of your areas of expertise is helping people discover new areas they might not have considered for a real estate purchase, even in such presumably well-known neighborhoods as Brooklyn Heights. Why is Brooklyn Heights often overlooked, and how should people think about where they want to be? How do you find the right neighborhood? Okay, well, yeah, Brooklyn Heights, again, always one of my favorite neighborhoods. It's where I moved after I got out of college. I think, first of all, part of Brooklyn Heights kind of remaining under the radar is deliberate. The residents there don't want the hoopla and the press that they see on places like Williamsburg and Park Slope, et cetera. And the other thing is that, yeah, these other places do get all this press attention, so people don't really know of or think about Brooklyn Heights. I was recently working with a young lady who wants to buy a new place. She's living in Kensington now, in a place I sold her about four years ago. And she was thinking, oh, maybe I'll go to Kipps Bay, maybe something in Manhattan. She had never been to Brooklyn Heights, even though she'd been living in Brooklyn for eight years. She'd never been to Brooklyn Heights. She had no idea of the housing stock there. And we went there, and she was just amazed, you know, not only by how reasonably priced many of the apartments we looked at were, but also just the beauty of the neighborhood itself. What are some of the neighborhoods and types of housing you feel offer good value in Brooklyn right now? Okay. Um, Again, in terms of buying, I always say wherever you are, a co-op is really going to be a good place to start if you're buying a place to live in. Uh, Co-op prices traditionally are lower than condo prices, and co-ops are also a lot cheaper to close than condos, especially if you're financing because of the mortgage recording tax on a condo, which you don't have on a co-op. You know, a lot of people not from New York have this kind of preconceived idea that co-ops are just horrible and nasty and difficult to live in. And I find that the co-ops in Brooklyn, most of them are not like that. They're all pretty laid back and welcoming to people. So I'd say a co-op is going to be a better value for you than a condo starting out. Additionally, co-op prices don't tend to fluctuate the way condo prices do. So that's something also. You're, you're, you know, what you've bought is going to hold its value sometimes better. Yeah. Um, In terms of townhouses, single-family houses are lovely, but you don't have that rental income. So a place with at least one rental unit is often a good choice as well. And what about neighborhoods? Any particular thoughts on that? Um, In terms of neighborhoods, Kensington, again, has some really good values, I think, in co-ops, particularly along Ocean Avenue, also farther west towards, like, 
Beverly Road and all that on the other side of Ocean Avenue. And the subway access isn't bad. You've got the F and the G trains there at Church Avenue, as well as, yeah, the Q is within walking distance if you go the other way. And that's something that I always talk to people about when looking at a neighborhood. Where do you need to go for your daily life? You know, quite honestly, if you're working in Midtown East, as I was until recently, uh, the commute from my neighborhood, Prospect Lefferts Gardens, is not ideal. Um, I would have to take two trains, and it would take sometimes up to an hour. And I really would say to myself, you know, if I had to be here at a nine-to-five job five days a week, I'd either find a new job or move. So that's something I always tell people to look at. See what subway trains go where you need to go, and then go out along those lines and see what neighborhoods are there. And yeah, take the train, get off, and explore them. Check that out, because again, even if you find a bargain apartment, it's not going to feel like one when you're spending, you know, a total of two hours commuting time back and forth every day. So yeah, that's something that I always start with. Where are you going? There's a lot of talk right now about a possible economic downturn in the next year or so. Where do you see the real estate market in Brooklyn going, and is this a good time to buy or sell? Okay, um, yeah, I love this all this talk about the recession all the time. And um, as I mentioned, Leonard Steinberg, who is Compass's chief evangelical officer, we actually have one, um, but he's a great guy and a very intelligent real estate broker, does send out a letter every day to all agents talking about various things, including, yeah, the recession. And one thing that he really pointed out was that the last, quote, great recession, which was really from 2007 to 2009, was the biggest economic downturn in this country since the Great Depression, for real. And 64% of recessions since the Great Depression have lasted for one year or less. So what's ever is coming down the pike now, it's not going to be what we experienced before. And my personal experience in real estate is that whatever happens economically in New York City, it always comes back. Um, even in the last Great Recession, um, prices yeah, went down you know, through 2009. But by 2012, they had come back to where they were at the peak before then, and they've only gone up so again, even if prices crashed tomorrow, they're going to be back in three to five years, which is why I always tell people, buy something you're going to live in for three to five years. Yeah, if you're looking for a quick flip, then I can't help you. <laughs> but yeah, if it's for you to live in and not primarily as an economic engine, then yeah, I wouldn't worry. So I'd say, yeah, it's always a good time to buy or sell. Especially, don't postpone other life choices because you're waiting for a good time to buy. Yeah, maybe you'll pay a couple of tens of thousands of dollars less in eight months, but that means you've held off doing whatever you want to do with your life for those eight months. It's just not worth it. What do you love about Brooklyn, and what would be your dream place to live? Um, yeah, I love so many things about Brooklyn, of course, but what it comes down to is the people. I do think that people in Brooklyn are different. We do very much have, I find, a sense of place and a sense of where we're from. Even if we've only been here a few years, we think of ourselves as from Brooklyn. And that brings us all together, and it also makes us look out for where we live and look out for each other. I love so many different types of housing and so many different neighborhoods. I adore, obviously, 
a beautiful landmark townhouse with ornate detailing, etc. That's probably too much space for me and more work than I'd want to take on. But a co-op or a condo in a converted townhouse, that could be lovely. I also really admire the stately pre-war apartment buildings that you have all over Brooklyn and including on Ocean Avenue, actually, in Flatbush. You have just some incredible buildings that really are a reminder of the time when Ocean Avenue in Flatbush there was as elegant as Park Avenue. Really amazing. And of course, I do like some modern buildings as well. I love the Richard Meyer building on Grand Army Plaza. Um, I like Torin as well on Myrtle and Flatbush. And I'm really excited about 11 Hoyt Street that's coming up in downtown Brooklyn. Yeah, they've got some really nice, really well thought out finishes and the architecture as well is amazing. So to have to choose just one, I don't know. I'm very happy where I am now, which is a nice, large one bedroom in a beautiful pre-war apartment building in my neighborhood. So I don't think I'm going anywhere anytime soon. Brooklyn has changed dramatically, especially so in the last 10 years. Any thoughts about Brooklyn's future and where you see it going? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what I've noticed and what I am noticing is that there has been a movement among people in Brooklyn as maybe they establish more of a sense of place to realize that this is a special place and we need to protect it. So a lot of things that have happened lately have given me hope. I had been noticing a lot of really overdevelopment, ugly, architecturally undistinguished buildings going up. And now I'm seeing that people are starting to look around and say, hey, maybe this isn't the way we want to go. Uh, people are becoming more preservation-minded. People are becoming more neighborhood-minded. Um, I've personally been involved in two recent controversies about development, one of them right around the corner from here at 227 Duffield, and another one in Flatbush. And our borough president himself has gotten involved as well. So I'm hopeful that Brooklyn in the future will involve people taking really responsibility for what goes on around them. The other thing that I'm looking forward to is, quite honestly, the new rent laws that just came in in June. I think they will really help stem the tide of the massive displacement that we've seen by landlords pushing out long-term tenants in order to convert buildings to condos or just do fabled you know, upgrades to increase the rents, et cetera. Now that that is no longer an option, I'm hoping that a lot of our neighbors will be able to stay with us. And I would like to especially recognize my two New York State legislators, Diana Richardson, our wonderful assembly member, and Zelnar Myrie, our senator, who worked really hard on those rent laws. And they're ready to go back in January to keep defending them and also to look at them again to make sure that they are structured so as not to inadvertently penalize people who are law-abiding but maybe don't fit into some of these established categories. So I'm optimistic for the future of Brooklyn, and I'm very glad to be here as well. Barbara Ann, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been great, and I love Brownstoner. Thank you. You've been listening to the Brownstoner podcast. Visit us at brownstoner.com.